On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. My name is Peter Agosta and this is The House List. It is my show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, we got an amazing episode today. I can't wait to share this with you. Now, this is an archived conversation, almost lost to space and time, found on an old cassette in a shoebox somewhere in Western Massachusetts uh, by, by Jameson Grillo, who actually is the um, interviewer in today's episode. So this is what I'm hoping will lend itself towards perhaps more archival style um, interviews and conversations. I'd love to be able to share some of my old stuff. And you saw that with the our 100th episode with MF Doom and um, and perhaps share conversations that other peers of mine have had. This one is an amazing um, version of that recorded in 1990 now this is a couple different conversations that we turned into one episode for you to enjoy and uh and let me tell you man like i've had a lot of fun putting it together a lot of laughs um had several phone conversations with jameson as we set this up and uh, i think you're gonna dig this so let me set it up a little bit first i want to say uh shout out to jerry who edited this this was definitely like a had a lot of moving parts to it so I appreciate his time and effort and the people at the Pantheon Podcast Network, too, for uh, their work on this one. So setting it up, Jameson Grillo is, uh, many might know him really from the record world, both in the pressing and distribution kind of arm, which he does more of now with his uh, his store, Redline Music Distribution. Uh, it's a you know, kind of retail distro, but he comes out of radio. Um, college radio and in 1990 he was running around Boston interviewing people with a handheld cassette deck for Northeastern University he had a radio show on on their station WRBB from 1988 to 1991 now this is two different interviews that are actually recorded in a couple different segments KRS-One on October 9th, 1990, and X-Clan on October 22nd, 1990. So those, 1990 for both of those um, artists were was pretty pivotal. KRS had just put out edutainment um, earlier that year and uh, riding high off the success and critical acclaim of uh, Criminal Minded and KR and uh, X Clan rather had uh, just released their debut to the East Blackward, which is a masterpiece, an absolute, you know, came out of like, you know, just nowhere, I guess, seemingly, and um, really captivated like a lot of people, um, both musically and through their music videos. And so, and this is Jameson kind of interviewing them at different places in Boston. Most of the KRS uh, segment is, um, well, part of it is a phone interview, and the other part is at a nightclub in, in South Boston called The Channel. And um, this was actually intended for um, the, you know, WRBB um, uh, show, Jameson's show, the Saturday Night Rap Devastation Show. Uh, first with his partner, DJ Rusty, the Toe Jam-er. And uh, then DJ Shame, of course, and many people might know from Vinyl Reanimators, a great Boston producer and record collector. And uh, so uh, KRS and D-Nice, yes, that D-Nice that you know from Instagram Live, uh, were doing a show at the channel in South Boston on October 9th, 1990. And uh, part of the audio was caught in the backstage of that club. Some real gems and jewels are dropped in this conversation. And it's a funny contrast from the KRS one to the X-Clan conversation. Now, X-Clan was recorded at another nightclub in Boston on October 22nd, 22nd 
1990 at the Hub Club. This is in downtown Boston. The show was X-Clan and DJ Clark Kent. And um, this was recorded backstage with Brother J, Professor X, may he rest in peace, as well as the other members were there too. Uh, Paradise and Sugar Shaft. Also rest in peace to Sugar Shaft too. And um, it's pretty amazing. Now that one we had to tweak some editing to kind of make it sound right and um and but there's some there's some jewels in that as well um and some amazing radio drops too which i share and include and at the very end as a very special treat jameson that night actually was recording um some of the concert with his handheld tape deck uh cassette recorder and i share a little portion of uh clark kent cutting it up um, you know, basically like, you know, he's holding up the uh, tape recorder in the back of the club. So it paints a picture of what that nightclub experience was like and hearing him in 1990. And Clark Kent was popping off in 90, just as much as he is right now. He's a pretty incredible um, piece to the hip hop puzzle, too. And um, it's pretty amazing to hear the crowd reaction to these particular records at that time. To, and knowing where these artists were all at in their career too because 90 was just like really like a turning point in many ways um and then jameson himself would go on to do a lot of work in the radio promotion game so you know i started my whole musical career started at college radio and uh and i know a lot of people from that world especially if you're like you know kind of grew up in the 80s and early 90s then you know college radio played an in very very important uh, part to learning about music uh, regardless of the genre but for hip-hop in particular because it was kind of the only place to hear you know album cuts and b-sides and like uh you know independent records because commercial radio wasn't playing any hip-hop at all or very scarcely especially if you ventured anywhere outside of a major metropolitan area, you know, you either saw a music video or had a cassette dub of something, or if you lived near a good college radio station, then that's how you got exposed to a lot of really great stuff. And uh, so this is a great, you know, tribute to that art form too. And um, just an amazing snapshot of everybody in this period of time. So I'm going to write more about it in the bio of the uh, podcast. So if you want to read a little bit more, get a little more specific. Um, and if you enjoy this, please subscribe to my show, The House List. been doing it for three plus years now. There's lots of amazing episodes to go back and check. And to many great DJ mixes as well. And I just appreciate your guys' time and, um, and energy uh, listening to my show whenever you can. So shout out to Jameson. You know, this started with us just on the phone catching up during this time of quarantine. And he's like, oh, I just found this X-Clan interview. And I was like, yo, my man, I got to hear that. And then it turned into this. KRS-One, X-Clan, and a little snippet of Clark Kent with some amazing drops. And I slipped in an unreleased BDP song, all for you guys, from 1990, only here on the house list. Hope you guys enjoy. Peace. Hello? Yellow. Hello? Yeah, it's Chris there. Yeah. You ready? What's up, buddy? I'm fucking anyway. What's up? Are you ready to take this interview? I'm though? ready, G. Huh? I'm ready. I got everything prepared. We all set. We just had a little problems finding the recorder here. We located it, though. Okay, so the recorder's ready. You're it's ready. located. I got the questions in front of me. End of story. Here's KRS-1. Okay. Yes, what's up? How you doing, Chris? I'm all right. My name's Jameson. I work for a station here. I do a rap show here. Oh, okay. Cool. On Saturday nights. I had met you a while back in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember. But, uh, yeah, okay, I got some questions here for you. First of all, I just want you to give a little bit of history of uh, BDP and its members. Uh, well, uh, Boogie Down Productions started in 1985 uh, in the Bronx. Excuse me, in, in the Bronx. Uh, I was a client at the shelter, and Scott Sterling, better known as Scott LaRock, was a, um, a social worker at the shelter. And what happened is, uh, at that time, the nicknames of different boroughs, 
Queens, Manhattan, Brooklyn, and Bronx. That was really in the and and uh, Latin, uh, Staten Island and Long Island. Uh, more Long Island than Staten Island, but uh, it was these boroughs that uh, rap was coming up uh, large in, and uh, every borough's name nicknamed itself. Like Manhattan was money making Manhattan, Brooklyn was badass Brooklyn, uh, Staten, uh, uh, Long Island was Strong Island, Brooklyn, uh, New Jersey, and the whole nine. Yeah, right. Um, money earned in Mount Vernon and so mm. on. So the Bronx was the boogie down Bronx. Okay. So being that our production company came out of the Bronx, we called ourselves a boogie down production. So through the years, uh, left <laughs> the group. <laughs> And uh, it just became Boogie Down Productions, and uh, that's how the name began. Ultimately, we rec- we uh, I wrote my, my first record I wrote ever wrote two records actually I wrote at the same time at the same night. They one record was called Advance, which was about nuclear war, and another record was called Stop the Violence. And we tried to shop these two records to the major companies uh, all over the place. Because in New York, there's a com- there's a company on every block. And we tried to shop it, but it didn't work um, because they felt as though I was too preachy, preachy. They said, uh, you have to sound more like LL Cool J. In other words, say nothing. Don't yeah, back then it was different than... Huh? Well, back then it was different than now, more conscious raps. Oh, yeah. yeah well, back then there was no conscious yeah, rap. Yeah, it was all hardcore. Hardcore, raps. and that's where we came in. Okay. We felt as though the conscious rap should be in the industry. Okay. So that's when we released Criminal Minded. Uh, we finally got a deal uh, because we were talking nothing. I uh, put a record out called South Bronx, in which I insinuated for the first time in rap music that I was a teacher. And the kids got off on somebody being a teacher in rap music. That was back in 1986. So what happened after that was we dropped Criminal Minded, and it spoke of socially orientated issues, issues going on in the street, but in a hardcore manner. Like, stop selling your body for crack, which is the P is free. Uh, listen to my 9mm go bang, the life of a drug dealer. Uh, and so on and so on. So, from there, uh, we didn't get paid for that record. Um, we got jerked, criminal mind. Really? They right. They didn't want to pay us a dime oh, uh, for none of the records, the 12 inches or the album. And uh, we had to leave. So, we left. Uh, and, uh, was they, they, they was an independent B-Boy Records. I owned part of the company, uh-huh. but I was too ignorant in business to really realize uh, that I really didn't own anything. I did most of the work. Uh, but they were jerking you in return. But they were jerking me in return, me and Scott in, in return, and every other act they had on the label. They did have a couple acts I remember too back then. Right, you know, so that, that's basically where that was at, and we left. And went to uh, sign up with Jive Records. Uh, we well, actually first we went to Warner Brothers, and Warner Brothers said, "Yeah, they'd sign us." But then Scott was killed in the Bronx, and uh, Warner Brothers pulled out of the deal, um, saying, "You know, this is not a whole group anymore. We we were paying for a whole group. Now it's not a whole group. We're sorry, Chris. Goodbye." Uh-huh. So I went. So I went to Jive Records, and. Uh, made the deal there and put out by all means necessary, which was my next step towards conscious music. Again, when by all means necessary came out, there was no conscious music out at that point. So still, you are still, you're still the forefront leader in that. Right, well, yes, of course. Basically, the first person. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. I mean, it's, it's just what I'm here for. Yeah, uh-huh. and, uh, and then basically that's it. After by all means necessary kicked off in the industry store, the Boogie Down Productions was not to be messed with uh, or doubted, then everyone else felt as though it was safe to become conscious. Uh, and I say uh, safe because then it was money-making. My first criminal-minded was platinum, and by all means necessary was gold. And it was like, oh, well, you can make money saying something <laughs> of some relevance. Uh-huh. Okay. So then the record company started opening their minds and opening their pockets to conscious rap music. Along with other record companies as well. I right. Okay, uh, who are some of your influences? The Mirror. All right. That's the best one? That's the best influence. That's the biggest influence. There's a lot of people that I give respect to. Yeah, okay. But um, 
I mean, to I mean, because there are a few. I mean, it's in certain people's lives, there are people who influence them to do what they do. Uh-huh. But unfortunately, and I say unfortunately, in my life, I never had that. I never. Uh, never looked. Never no one to look up to. Really. Right. I had very few people to look up to. I really wasn't a fan of anybody's music. I always felt as though I can do better, which was an egotistical pride statement. But I, that's how just how I felt at the time. So I always relied on self. Uh, to do whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you do. You produce most of your music, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. What other artists have you produced in the past? And tell us about your latest project. I know with Harmony and uh, Ziggy Marley. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, uh, produced Just Ice. Um, his uh, last. No, no, no. He put out four albums so far. I did two of them. Uh, the second and the third album. His biggest selling album were mm-hmm. produced. By me. Yeah, and you co rap with, I know, on a couple of them. Right, right, exactly. Uh, uh, we did Steady B, uh, Latifah, uh, Young MC, um, Stop the Violence Movement, uh, Self Destruction Record, uh, REM, which is a record that's coming out uh, with, my, with BDP and REM. Uh, and uh, that's uh, Miss Melody. Uh-huh. Uh, D-Nice, of course, uh, myself, all of my albums, and, uh, you, 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 the list goes on and on, basically. You, right, I mean, what I was going to say is I should write, I should make a list <laughs> of trying to track, but uh-huh, right. that's on the top of my head right now. Okay. Oh, and, and Fly and Robbie. Oh, yeah, I know you did that. Um, right, the production company itself, though. Uh, branches out with another gentleman by the name of Sidney Mills. Uh, he produces Shelly Thunder, but he's he's a he's a boogie down production producer. Okay. Um, he produced Shelly Thunder and Shinehead and uh, Steel Pulse and a whole host of like reggae twelve inches and so on. You know, within the industry and so on. So what happened? Uh, I mean, just recently, um, I picked up uh, Ziggy Marley. Uh, to produce, we just produced the Neville Brothers, um, and also Shaba Rank's album. Uh, we're getting ready to produce. Oh, great! Uh, just put out Harmony's album. Yeah, tell us a little bit about Harmony. Uh, Harmony is uh, Melody's sister. Uh, my sister-in-law. I just say she's my sister, and uh, I got sick of hearing her sing in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I just, I challenged her one day, and she challenged me, and, and we just went for it. Uh, her thing was, well, if you think I'm all that, uh, get me a deal and put me out. I said, well, if you think you can hang out, I'll get you a deal and put you out. And, <laughs> okay, it's kind of battle thing. Right. <laughs> exactly. So uh, that's how we started, and I, I put her on Virgin Records, and uh, Virgin was very happy with her, very pleased with what they got, and... Uh, the album, her style is modern Africa. Uh, we're we're um, putting, we don't think, we think that there's not enough uh, African women. Uh, or self Af- doing about self-conscious, you mean? Right. Uh, women with pride. In okay. other words, you don't have to sell a record with a tight skirt on. And uh, <laughs> that that's basically every time you see any woman, this goes for black, white, anybody, mm-hmm. There's a tight skirt on her. They're showing some tits or they're showing their butt or something. And we, we just, I mean, it's good for a point, you know, if you're into sex and sex only, which is the mass that the people are in. Sex sells everything these days. Exactly. Uh, then that's cool if that's what you're all about. But we'd like to offer the alternative. Uh, we always offer the alternative. <laughs> so we offer the alternative of uh, seeing someone who can sing and rap uh, and look uh, 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 African, uh, so to speak, or come into commercialized music as an African or dressed African. It's, yeah, it's good to make a change like that as well. Right. Uh, what, so what are some of the songs? That's like, What's the 12-inch out right now? The 12-inch out right now is called Pound Cake, a uh, highly commercialized 12-inch, really not saying much of anything. Okay. Uh, it's really an introduction song to herself, uh, talking about Boogie Down Productions, uh, we appear in the video. Uh, it's really just a regular commercial record. It's oh, safe. So you're waiting to drop the knowledge stuff a little bit later today. Right, exactly. When she gets leverage in the industry. It's similar. I'm using the same formula that I used in my career. 
it's, it's the same formula. I put out criminal-minded, grasp the hardcore audience. Then we began to teach them. It doesn't make sense to just come out talk teaching the people and you don't have their respect. Yeah, so okay. we, we put... Um, Get them suddenly. Right, exactly. And, uh, you know, a good teacher never really tells you he's teaching you. <laughs> you know, a good yeah. teacher is just teaching you. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you just teach it. You're right. Okay. What brought about the change from criminal mind to stop the violence? And also, could you include your involvement with the Stop the Violence Movement and the National Urban League? Right. Uh, well, the change really was an outer change, not too much of an inner change. Uh, like I said before, the first record I wrote was Stop the Violence, but I couldn't get a deal for it. So I had to, uh, I had to, to compromise myself to come out on that uh, BS level uh, just to get a deal, just to be heard. So I did. And uh, what happened was when Criminal Minded came out, which was the hardcore stuff, uh, but still socially orientated, it still had issues about what's going on in the street. Uh, we then had the opportunity, after I gained that leverage, I had the opportunity to now do more and more of what I wanted to do, not more and more of what the public was dictating to me to do. The public would have me do Criminal Minded albums all year, every year, <laughs> so on and so on, but that's not what I'm here to do. I let NWA and all of them do that. Uh, I'll come out and be more of on the conscious side of music. Uh, I think Criminal Mind, I, I love, Criminal Minded is, is probably one of my best albums. That was, that was. Uh, very, very good album, but I have two things that I go by, and one is that I never do the same style twice. And another thing that I go by is uh, I'm here to advance the minds of youth, even if that means destroying my own career, the minds of youth must be advanced, because I can do anything. I mean, I, I, I really feel as though anything that I'm in, I'll make money at. So money's not really my main objective. I mean, I love making money. In American capitalism, money is the number one goal, but by no means is it first. Respect is first. Honor is first. Uh, integrity is first. Quality is first. Money should come uh, because of those things. You can have respect and have money. You can't have money and respect. You know, some people have money and respect, but they're very, they're very few and, and far apart. Uh, I, that, that's that's uh, basically the transition between criminal-minded and stop the violence. Stop, I mean... Uh, the movement itself. Is right. That's you started saying. the whole movement, right? Right. Um, well, no, actually, no. No, I didn't start the movement. I was really uh, one of the thinkers on the movement. Uh -huh, and okay. A woman named Ann Carley started Stop the Violence as a movement. Uh, and she felt as though, uh, well, actually, one day we um, did a show at, uh, excuse me, at um, Nassau Coliseum. And a kid got killed for his gold chain there. And it was really stupid how he died, you know. It, it, was, it, it was just something that should not have happened. But it happened. Mm -hmm. And Aunt Carly got very upset because it was a big rap show, and of course the press came down. And it was like, oh, well, rap breeds violence. Yeah. And, once again. Uh, once again. And uh, she got very mad and upset. So she said, well, what we should do, Chris, is remix your Stop the Violence record because the media was not pumping up Stop the Violence at all. They was, they was more uh, paying attention to my philosophy, which was the single. They never really paid attention to Stop the Violence. That was just an album record. Uh, so what happened was, she said we should remix Stop the Violence and put a whole bunch of rappers on it and put it back out as an industry message to the masses and to the industry. And uh, I said no. I got very upset because I felt as though uh, that you could just put the record Stop the Violence out and that could be the message to the industry and to the masses. I didn't feel as though that the rest of the artists really had the integrity, the respect, nor the knowledge to say stop the violence. So what happened was uh, uh, she, she uh, I don't want to use the word beg, but <laughs> she, uh, she, she convinced me to, uh, to do the project. And... Uh, being that Anne looked out for me for a while, she was probably the only uh, woman in in the uh, 
uh, in Jive and RCA. Oh, that's where she works. Okay. She works with Jive. Right? She's the vice president of Jive. Oh, right? okay. Uh, she she was more revolutionary than I was when putting together the By All Means Necessary album. She pushed for the gun on the cover. She got the gun on the cover. It was you know it was her that got these things going. So then from there, got involved with the National Urban League. That well, she then uh, after both myself, Nelson George, who then became involved, and uh, and Carly, we well, I never decided that the money should go to the Urban League. They decided that the oh, money should okay. go to the Urban League. I thought that the money should be put into things like advertisement and propaganda to promote more self-esteem and so on. Things that kids can tangibly see, read, or have in their hand uh, for free. And uh, they didn't feel that way. They felt as though that it was... Uh, it, it, it was Actually, I never was given a reason, but my opinion is that it was too much work for them and it, it wouldn't have happened. But I respected that anyway. If you can't do it, say you can't do it from the beginning. And what happened was we then all decided that the money should just go to the Urban League. So the money went to the Urban League. But uh, what's recently happened is that I've started another movement. Yeah, that's what I want to ask you about. Heal. Heal, right. Called Human Education Against Lies. Which, uh, it isn't a, a, a downplay of the Stop the Violence movement or, or in competition with it at all. As a matter of fact, it's the second step. Uh, the Stop the Violence movement was about self-destruction. This movement is about self-construction. Okay. Uh, we're about what do you? We're we're about solutions. We really don't want to talk about the problem unless we have a solution to the problem. And uh, Heal is a humanist organization. We can care less about black and white. Uh, most people get upset with me when I say that I'm not pro-black, but I'm not. I'm pro-human. I think before you're a color, before you are a religion, before you're an, op uh, an occupation, you're a human being. And most people cheat themselves out of their humanity to become black or to become white or so on. And another uh, aspect of, of the ideologies of HEO is that uh, I feel as though that if uh, we say in one breath that all of humanity walked out of Africa and Africa is the home of humanity, then that would make the African a humanist, not pro-black. And most people don't realize that the, if, if humanity walked out of Africa, the African then is the father of humanity and should be a humanist, not an African or pro-African pro or pro-black or whatever. Hold, hold on, someone's at my door. Put this on pause. <laughs> mm, management, was it, that was who was at the door. <laughs> management. <laughs> uh, but let, 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 uh, well, Pull out one more question, and we'll just... Uh, it's time to go? Oh, uh, yeah, oh, that's man, it. I got, like, these three crazy good questions, too. Oh, uh, he's, he's pulling the phone. Oh, no. Sorry, my friend, I got a rock into another interview. Are you serious? Hello. Check one, two, one, two, one, two. Check, 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 check. Check, check, come check. Come All right, come select All right. About the heel with the LL Cool J and all that. I know you're doing the rhyme. Tell me uh, a little bit about that. Hey, um... The movement is called Human Education Against Lies. It, focus on hum it focuses on humanity, not pro-black or pro-white or pro-anything. Before you're a color, you're a human being. Most people cheat themselves out of their own humanity to become uh, black or to become white or a religion or a job. Heal is human education against the lies. Lies like Aristotle is the father of metaphysics. Aristotle was a petty thief and a liar. Uh, things like Dick Tracy isn't a racist. Things, things like Dick Tracy was uh, Dick Tracy is a racist because in 1930 a detective in the 1930s was raping and robbing and killing black people. So to now to show Dick Tracy as a movie is a total blatant disrespect. Things like that we're gonna bring out, and it simply is to raise the intelligence of the masses of the people by, of the people by them questioning uh, what's in their own head. The revolution starts up here. Here's where the revolution starts. The revolution is not, and I'm pointing to my head. Uh, the revolution does not start with a, you running down the street with a Uzi. The revolution starts with uh, you rebelling against what you've been taught for the past 15, 16, however old are you, years. And Heal is here to heal the minds of the masses of the people by way of free education, free literature. I wrote a book called Civilization versus Technology 
which uh, is also the name of the album, Civilization versus Technology. And uh, the album pays for the book. We're looking to put out 16 million books. That's the goal. Okay, so you're also making a record? Yes, there's an album. Mm -hmm. Is it a compilation like no. self-destruction or just you? No, yeah. It's, it's a bunch you? of other people oh, also. Some other artists as well? Yeah, also yeah, yeah, on the record. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, now you teach, you teach a lot through your music and the last few albums. I was curious if the information you use is readily available for a person like myself or my friends. No. So it's straight from the mind, basically, right? <laughs> Most of what I say is straight from my heart, and it's common sense. The way I've seen uh, myself and logical conclusions to the things that I see, that's basically what I come from. My memory comes from long uh, reading sessions and speaking sessions with other scholars and so on, but I really don't speak from memory unless I'm asked to. Okay, all right. How do you uh, come up with the concept of edutainment? Education through entertainment. Basically. That's it. And it smash it together, edutainment, or information through entertainment is infotainment. You know, it's just, you just smash it together. It was a trick of words. A poet usually goes <laughs> crazy after a certain yeah. degree of lyrics. <laughs> what is your agenda for BDP? And whereas Harmony, D-Nice fit in, uh, are there solo act records, attempts for them to go on, on their own, or will they stay under the umbrella of BDP? Derek's already on his own, okay. um, and Harmony's on her own. All right. And yeah, I know it's down with BDP, oh yes, of course, uh -huh. it's a massive family, but uh, but they're on their own, and they and you know, matter of fact, tonight's the first night in a long time D Nice gonna perform with oh, us. Oh really? He's too large; he can't even perform with us <laughs> no more. So tonight's one night he got uh -huh. a night off, so he gonna come in and and, and, yeah, and rock the song. Yeah, he's gonna one record. That's good. Okay. That's going to be rock. It's going to be fresh tonight. All right. Check it out. Do you, because I know you went down that WILD. I don't want to talk about a tape, but they don't even play your record to tell you the truth until summer except when they have a rap show. I don't know why I know, he took I know, it away. I know. I heard they had to beg him to get the record. Right. So check it out. College Radio, that's us. I know what's up. We support y'all. You know what I'm saying? We support. We, 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 yeah. We to, I'm the guest speaker with the oh, CMJ. Oh, Did I work for a soul record, Hank Shock? Be down there. Work. I got a message to the college. Oh, right? Word? Yes. Okay. Yes. I know what time it is. All right. Let's I, check I this question. But I got to play them games, man. Oh, yeah. I know what you mean. I got yeah. crazy games to play. Fucking, <laughs> you right. know? All right. Check this good. question. All right. Do you any method or way in which incorporate more like yourself? Mine. No. Program director. Personally. Because then the you This blocking, uh, blockaded, block wall of ignorance has got to cease. Either their consciousness dies or they die. And that's the bottom line. Uh, I don't think we can change because we're seeing the last dying end of the old-time uh, program director that's been in the industry for 15 years. Mm -hmm. The 90s will end them. And the kids who want to hit the college radio, people step up and usually become the program directors and so on. They will then play Boogie Down Productions. Probably some of my early stuff will begin to be played years from now because of the people who respect me now will be program directors one day and play the stuff then. So time is of no essence to me. They either play it now or it'll get played later. They're out of here yeah, <laughs> at the end of the day. I don't care what they do, whether they play my stuff or not. It's truth, and truth can come from anybody's mouth. I don't care where the truth comes from. Truth can come out of anybody's mouth, and that's all I'm here for. That's right. it. The, the truth, truth, right, the truth pays me. I don't pay the truth. So ultimately, it, it's most artists are in this industry, like LL was telling me, he said, yo, Chris, man, I ain't trying to be like you, man. I'm trying. I'm not trying to save the world. That's what he said. Uh -huh. He said, yo, I'm trying to get paid. I just want to be <laughs> LL. I just want to get paid. And you got to respect that. You got to respect him for what he, what it is. And that's basically where I'm coming from. I'm not in it for what LL's in it for. I'm in it for the, for the upliftment of humanity because I know the people will stand behind you even if you don't have money. You get paid at the same time. But you're, right. I'm more for the upliftment. Well, first. see, what I upliftment do, first and then get upliftment paid. first and then get first paid priority. because you can. You can. Most people think that intelligence doesn't pay off. It does. 
But I go gold and platinum just like knuckleheads to be talking that nonsense. Yeah. Same money is spent in the same way on the same level. Uh-huh. You know? Five more minutes. Uh, Two more minutes. All right. Five. Yeah. You, you five, ten. I'll stick it to forever. I know. It just came up into it, right? I'm on. Are you coming to our college? Who, Harvard? Northeastern University. I might. All right. They got to call me. Uh, the next single from Edutainment is uh, um, the the right. It's a three single thing. The racist, uh, you know the rules, and the remix to Dope Beat. with Jameson and DJ Shane on the crossfade. By the way, Brother Jay, this is protected 
are the red, the black, and the green. With a key. What's the word again, man? Sympathy. About to interview X Clan. Jameson, walking up the stairs. Going to the third floor. About to meet uh, X Clan. Interviewing X Clan. First of all, your names. Um, Professor X, the Overseer. To the left of me, I know the listeners can't see it, but Grand Verbalizer, Funkin' Lesson, Brother J. Um, the group consists of the Grand Architect, Paradise, and uh, also the Rhythm Provider, Shooting Staff. Okay, what's the background? Like, where are you guys from, and how did X-Clan get started? Um, Brother J is from Alabama, Egypt. I'm from Medina, Egypt, via South Carolina, Egypt. Um, the rhythm providers from South Carolina, Egypt. Um, the Grand Architect is from North Carolina, Egypt. Alright. Uh, who produces your music? You all produce your music together? And if you have any other projects, I know you have. ISIS, what are the projects you're working on right now? Uh, producing the music first question, all of us do. Um, second, um, second question is Queen Mother Rage and the Professor X album. All right. What's the meaning behind the name X Queen? Uh, Brother J. Crossroads family. What we want to represent is um, a nucleus of a structure that's coming forth to bring youth to another level, and we bring them to the road. To a state of mind where they've never been before. It'll bring them a sense of family that they need to take um, take heed to grits and cornbread. Sense of knowledge as well, yeah? All together. Sense of, of purpose, purpose and dealing with what's happening with their existence. Okay, gotta be careful with the word knowledge in the context it's placed. Because Webster usually dances around there, and Webster's scheme on things is the kind of, um, um, I want to say, kind of machinery that's got us lost in this existence that we're in right now. So you got to excuse us if we hesitate when that word knowledge comes up. Um, we also hesitate when the word positive comes up because that seems to be a fine line, a neutral line for anyone to accept what it is that we are attempting to say. I'm saying that we're not selling out that way. Uh, there are those that will take what we are doing as negative, and we understand it and we welcome it. Okay. All right. Uh, tell me about the Black Watch, how it started, and who's involved with it, and uh, what's the agenda for Black Watch? Well, I'm not going to tell you the agenda because that's, again, another, uh, another way of uh, a lot of the movements in the 60s for their demise because they were so willing to give up their agendas to the public. And then there are those conniving types in the system who use, you know, that kind of information. So I'm not going to... Music exploits it. Music. Well, however you see it, I made my point. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, Blackwatch, I oversee the movement. Uh, Blackwatch's design is to create a podium for black young people to take a stand. You know, against a lot of the atrocities placed in our existence. All right. So who's involved with it? Yourself, along with others? Um, yes. Uh, the group X-Clan is Zulu part Nation of... Nation as well? Uh, Africa Bambada is a member of, uh, of the Black Watch movement, which his family comes along with, yes. All right. This is uh, one of my, my man's question right here. Is Parkin' Lesson uh, the revival of the Parliament era? Um, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I think to a degree... I think to a degree, um, um, we we all came together uh, with a vibe on George Clinton and the Parliament Funkadelic. Um, I have memories of going to, to concerts uh, to bear witness the birth of Sir Nose. And, 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 uh, and while, I, while I witnessed the birth of Sir Nose, uh, in the background, in some concerts, the Black National Anthem would play. So... Um, I think it gets more deeper than just the surface of it. Um, that allows, our, our, George Clinton allows our pink caddy to ride easy. I fly Glenn. I'm from Philly. I've seen your videos. And when I see X-Clan, the name X-Clan, I wonder 
I try to figure out like what X Clan your name is. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I think like X. I think you're Malcolm X. Not naming yourself as the other man's name. X Clan. Look, let me say something to you. We are believers in an old way coming a new way of thinking. We believe that one of the reasons why we're trapped in this existence the way we are is that we are used to being told what things are and what things mean. So when you just gave meaning to X-Clan, I welcome that meaning because that's the meaning that you feel comfortable with. You understand what I'm saying to you? I understand. I'm, I'm, asking, I'm asking you a question. I just answered the actual. You did. You did. You did. I just answered it, actually. I'm saying <laughs> and that, that. The same thing is, I, I've been following you. And the question in my mind was that I'm thinking X Clan. I'm thinking the chicken followers of Malcolm X. Now, name yourself of the clan. But what you're saying. X and clan is the meaning of African meaning. Okay, fine. X clan. But then in the other terms, another term. Isn't that wonderful? So many terms. Yeah. I'm also thinking that X clan means X no more of the Ku Klux Klan. Yeah. And I'm, I'm thinking, I'm isn't it wonderful? I keep saying something to you, though. <laughs> isn't it wonderful? Yeah. How many ways you can see that? That is the purpose. That, and that's why I'm thinking. That, that's why you don't want me to spoil that. You don't want me <laughs> to spoil that. <laughs> you don't want me to spoil that. <laughs> I think it's wonderful. Please because, yes, freedom <laughs> or death. No more. No more. See, I, I, I love that. <laughs> I love the name. Yes. I love the name. And I think, is it this or is it that? And I I, I get to come to like a conclusion of what it is. I just gonna be so, so wonderful about it. And it's beautiful. It's yes. this for the name. Okay. Good. So we, I think you got it all. Yeah, he's got it. Yeah, he knows. 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 <laughs> the weatherman? The weatherman. <laughs> the weatherman. No, don't lie. Why are you going to do that? No, 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 no. Weatherman was one of the most serious existence of a, of a movement with a purpose that you ever believed. And you're going to have to check him. I want you to check him. Okay. And I'll show you that he might understand. Cause I know what you mean that he might not. Where shall I find this information? You know what? Oh, you already asked me. You already asked me. Go to the road. You already asked me. He asked me what to pay Cadillac for. Who? This brother right here. Well, this person right here. Did you tell him? I told him what the Cadillac meant to me. What does it mean to you? Cadillac meant to me is the pink Cadillac. And I saw it was yeah, it felt good to me because the pink Cadillac meant that, that was where brothers have been or always been. A certain kind of brother too. You know it. Yeah. You know, there's no intellectual masturbation about this brother. <laughs> this brother here my he does shit on the left hand side of the street if he has to. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? And you have, and you, and you have, like, the old little flags over here and the old flags over here. When I saw that Cadillac, when I saw a new video, I was like, that Cadillac is funky. Yes. It's funky. 
and I will bribe that cat like my hands. Yeah. Right? <laughs> hey. Okay. Tell me about the future of X What's in store? You guys going on tour or well, the next we're, single? We're somewhat on tour now. Okay. Sure, bro. It's been a long time. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> um, like we, you mentioned earlier, we we're, we're like pulling up in in in, in the, the the finishing of some other projects of other groups that are coming from uh oh no that are coming from the movement. And um, we're just about to finish Queen Mother's album, and um, that would be the completion of the first cycle. What label is that on? Uh, Queen, Mo- uh, Queen Mother is on Cardiac, Cardiac, which is a subsidiary or, or birthed from um, uh, Virgin okay. Charisma. Yeah. All right. All right. Do you think you want to do a couple spots for the radio station? Um, I'm pretty sure. That he was expecting that to happen. Love in the crown, the cosmic vibe. To my ages has been, to the pink caddy. Next stop is the school of common sense. Reviewing the passing as I reside in the hutch of this meteor. Reading the memoirs of Malcolm X. Or walking the paths of Marcus Garvey. We listen to WRBB Boston. By the way, Van Lewis, this is protected by the red, the black, and the green, with a key at the crossroad, sissy. All right. We're almost done, sir, so just... Yeah. Hey, what's happening, man? We're doing some very constructive. Hey, there's honor, there's honor amongst men, sometimes thieves, you know. I'm saying we came here to do work for your club to be exciting enough for someone to come. So why don't you just take a chance, just one little one, because only minutes. It ain't even as deep as the drink I asked for, you know. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Right. Now, Saturday night Raptor station with Jameis and that's me and that's DJ Shane. You got me names. Well, say like say your names, your names too. Jameis. Say that you exclaim the whole night. But I know it is. I know what time it is. Come on, man. Go ahead. Good evening, now. Saturday night Raptor with Jameis and DJ Shane on the crossfade. On the crossfade, okay. Okay. Paving the path for manhood and womanhood on the guard tip. To the pink caddy, pimp style, to the road, PX. Ah, what a wonderful ride. As we glide vaingloriously, we listen to... Saturday Night Rap Devastation with Jameson and DJ Shane on the crossfade. By the way, Brother Jay, this is protected by the red, the black, and the green with a key. Is the word again, man? The plug has been lifted from the unjoint jar. Oh, cascade of black, perfume of the hour. In the ways of the scale. The past has been written, rolled and sealed in the scroll. In the ways of the scale. The eyes of the hawk ranges the sky unblinking. Open. In the ways of the scale. Perfect.
once again, the illogical one. Bring your mind straight to the dark side of the sun. Mission for creator is to give no slack. So I step from the board to keep my eyes on black. Now my religion is reality. Come take a drink from the great verb stick. Coming with authority, grouping the majority. This is not your gimmick or your fraudulent trick. Now I see children of originals doomed to lose. Teachers and preachers remain confused. Talk about humanists in true black ways. Token revolution and you're out to entertain. Ignorance, I'll grab you by your crackhead neck. Take you back to Egypt where you learn respect. And on one knee and through one way, you follow out the path of the new sun ray. Let it click. Here comes the royal of authority. Grouping up the masses of majority. People have a problem with my step. But you see, I'm an example of the X. I travel with my bag, with my books and fruits. Robes of the proud, now jeans and boots. Tip from the sundial, time for the drum. Dumb diddy dumb funk code has begun to the scales. Above olive trees, I rise like the sun. Like the moon above date palms. Where there is light, I enter absolute. Where there is dark, there is none of me. Like the moon above date palms, I rise. I am sworn to life. I am bound to death. I take my oath under the sun. To hootie speak balance. I never ill, I never will, I won't have it. You see, queens are a men and real men don't play. It's like moon for the nighttime and sun for day. I am an African, I don't wear Greek. Must have been reminded of a legendary thief who tried to make Greece sink in Paris into Egypt. But they got jipped cause their mind's not equipped. I see a cave boy and he try to play black. Give a gas face and you're bound to get slapped. And don't play stupid, I'm a pyramid stalker. Witness my soul on the vast crossroad. Chilling with the pharaohs in my ages has been. Doing this forever in your accents when time is but a word and of little concern and not another second will we bread burn to walk one way and to walk one path ways of the scale of the aftermath
chilling with my man Jameson and DJ Shane. This is Clark Ken. I'm out of here. Y'all be peace on WRBB. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.